welcome back to Our Brooklyn Bites. This is episode 135. I'm Stephanie. I'm Leon. What's been going on, Leon? How's your week going? Pretty good. Not bad. I could say this week has been better than other weeks. No car repairs to worry about. Car repairs are never good. Right. That always ruins my week. There is no, like, cheap car repair. Like, everything's, like, three or four hundred dollars. Yeah, because you gotta pay for their time. Uh Uh-huh. And then whatever parts they need. Unless you're talking, like, an oil change or something. That's, like, maintenance. Yeah. Yeah. So even that's, like, 25 bucks, depending on what you put into it. Yeah. I use synthetic oil in my car, so that's even more. I use WD-40. I don't know if that's the same thing. No. Probably not. I probably don't use that then. I don't even do it. Well, that explains it. I did play a few games this week. So why don't you tell me about what you played first, mm-hmm. and then I'll tell you about what I played. Okay. All right. Well, I had a game that was in my stack of stuff to play. Do you have like a 16-bit stack, an 8-bit stack, a pre-8-bit stack? Is that something that exists? <laughs> Not really. No, oh. I don't physically sort them. Okay. They're all in a pile. All right. I mess around with the queue order, too. I don't... Oh. I don't pre-plan, really, what I'm going to play too much. I just have things floating around in the sea of the backlog. Yeah. It's a giant ocean. Uh Uh-huh. And there's waves and crests, and sometimes things rise to the top. You ever see pirates come through? Sure. Okay. Absolutely. Good. Very stormy seas. So this one kind of clawed its way to the top. Mm. A game called Zombies Ate My Neighbors. Classic Konami. That's right. Published by Konami, but actually designed by LucasArts. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. Sure about that? Mm hmm. Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's the first time I'm ever hearing about this. Yeah, totally. Nice. Published in 1993. So I decided to play it on the Super Nintendo. It also came out for Genesis, but Mm -hmm. the SNES seemed like the way to go for this one. Generally, this is an overhead shooting action type of game. A little bit of an isometric perspective, too. It's got a bit of a horror-slash-comedy angle, mm-hmm. as you can tell from the title, even. It's a little campy, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You've got two different playable characters. On the character select screen, there's a choice of Zeke or Julie. Who wears the 3D glasses? Zeke has the 3D glasses, okay. yeah. That's usually the one I pick. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Uh, he's a little kid, and he's got spiky blonde hair. He sounds even a little bit like Bart Simpson when he gets hurt. Whenever he takes a bump, he makes a sound that makes me think, are they going for a Bart Simpson look? Because he's got the spiky blonde hair. Maybe. So. It's possible. It seems like maybe that's what they had in mind. That's kind of like the 90s look, though, wasn't it? I think so. The radical kid with the spiky hair, and he's like too cool, you know, with the sunglasses. and Looks like he could have been a skateboarder. Yeah, right. Julie looks a little more mature. Mm-hmm. She's got a bit more of a cleaned she's like up the, appearance. The more mature sister, right? Probably so. She wears a red cap and she's got this kind of sporty look. Yeah. The game also supports uh, co op multiplayer, so you could actually play as both characters if you've got two people to play with. Now, did you play that at all? I think on two player mode, you're, you're stuck to the borders of the screen. So, if, like, when someone wanders off, the screen kind of like pauses because until the other person uh, catches up. I don't know. Okay. I, I didn't get to try it. So yeah, I, don't I, don't know. Know. I haven't played it in a while. Well, in the beginning, on that character select screen, you get to choose to pick either one. And behind the characters in the background is a film strip with floating images of some of the 
creatures in this game. You see a vampire, you see a mummy, you see a werewolf, a hockey mask maniac with a chainsaw. Not called Freddy. <laughs> right. No. Or Jason, I mean. I'm Jason. Either right. one. Yeah. <laughs> but there's also like an evil doll with an axe, maybe making you think of Chucky a little bit, oh, yeah, or, yeah. or just uh-huh. any possessed doll from any number of other movies. So this seems like another Konami game where they're playing up the movie monster angle. Mm-hmm. But the only real story that the game gives is that there's these hideous creatures that are attacking innocent people as seen on TV. They mention that in the manual of the game. And it says there's a villain named Dr. Tongue who perhaps is behind all of this. But they don't really get into it too much. And the victims that you're supposed to pick up include cheerleaders or a baby, a dog, a girl on a trampoline, a tourist couple. Oh, like cameras, right? Yeah, yeah. they're just kind of bewildered and looking <laughs> around. Uh, there's a BBQ guy who's just grilling mm-hmm. in his backyard. There's also a soldier a school teacher who's described as evil. She's apparently giving you bad grades for something. <laughs> That's what makes her bad. Uh, a safari explorer looking guy and a guy floating on an inner tube, usually in, in a pool or water of some form. So a couple of out of place characters. It's just a hodgepodge of different things. Mm-hmm. And they're all worth a variety of different points, depending on which one you pick up. But to help fight against the monsters that are trying to get these victims, there's a range of weapons and special items at your disposal. So for weapons, your default weapon is just a simple squirt gun, like a water pistol. And that seems to work against the first type of enemies you run into, which are just generic zombies. There's also bazookas and weed whacker, um, even common objects like plates and silverware and tomatoes. These are all things you can pick up and use. And there's even more exotic ones like something called the Ancient Artifact, which is this cross-looking type of thing that creates this sort of energy swirl around you. And there's also the Bubble Gun, which will encase enemies into a bubble and temporarily restrain them. But there's also the special items that get even more variety. There's first aid kits, just for simple health refills. There's things like keys to allow you to open doors. There's potions, which do a variety of different things. Even decoy clowns. You can drop an inflated clown that enemies will swarm to instead of attacking you. And something called Pandora's Box. What's that? Well, it's something that when you open it up, it releases this energy and it kind of seeks out enemies on the screen and, Mm. and destroys them. Or does damage if they're really tough. So it's almost like a a homing missile, smart bomb type of weapon. So on each level, there's up to 10 victims in the neighborhood around you. So the game allows you to walk around and the screen scrolls. So these 10 victims have to be rescued before the monsters get to them. And once they're all accounted for, an exit door will appear near where you pick up the last one, which will allow you to walk through and exit the level. It sort of appears as this door of static. So I think they're playing up the whole TV thing. Poltergeist kind of thing? Uh, yeah, a little bit. And even um, even Gex had a little bit of type of this, this kind of mm-hmm. imagery. Because yeah. in that, you got pulled into this TV world where you had to fight against 
typical TV or movie monsters. And they also use like this door of static to exit the level. Hmm. But I think this game came out first. So I would say they were the first ones to do it before Gex did. So at the end of the level, the victims are counted up and you're given bonus points. And the amount of victims that are left over. So if you lose one, if a monster gets to one of these victims, that's carried over to the next level. So you actually maintain the number of victims that you've got alive for each level. Oh, okay. So if you finish a level and you only manage to save eight out of the ten, on the next level you'll have eight. And they're not always the same characters, so it's not as if you always have the same cast, because certain levels are themed and have certain victims that you have to save. Mm -hmm. So they do change it up. But that count is maintained. If you do lose some, it is possible to collect points to earn back victims, but you never can get more than ten. There's a big variety of levels. There's 45 levels with seven bonus levels. So pretty big game. You're given level select passwords as you progress uh, periodically. So there's no game save option. You're just given passwords. But the passwords are pretty simple. What happens if you don't collect all the people on the stage? Well, Does the game end? Uh, if you lose all 10, mm-hmm. the game ends. Okay. But I never got to that point. I was always able to exit and progress. Mm-hmm. So if you don't get them all, can't leave the level until you pick up the last one. Mm. Okay. Now, these levels, they all have clever titles that parody famous films. You're introduced to the level before it starts. You get titles like Chopping Mall or Dances with Werewolves. I think Chopping Mall was actually a movie. That sounds like a real yeah. title, right? Uh-huh. How about Fish and Crips mm. or The Day the Earth Ran Away? Okay, yeah. Clever, very clever. Yeah, and they usually match whatever scenario is being set up. Right. There might be settings like just a regular suburban neighborhood, Mm -hmm. or a mall, or a warehouse, a swamp. There's one on a hedge maze. Yeah, that's with the chainsaw guy? Yeah, and the hedge maze is kind of annoying. It is, yeah. I didn't like that. The chainsaw guy is called Stanley Decker, the chainsaw maniac. Mm. And he cuts through the hedge maze. Yeah, and I think at this point, I still don't have any good weapon to cut through the hedges. I'm stuck with still the squirt gun. Mm -hmm. First of all, it doesn't really hurt him. It seems to have almost no effect against him. I mean, maybe it damages him a little bit, but I can't really tell. It doesn't really slow him down, because he comes charging straight for me whenever he sees me. Also, on this level, some of the victims are boxed in behind the hedges. And unless you've got something that can make a hole through the hedge, you can't get to it. I mean, you can allow... You can lure him into, like, cutting it, and that's about it. Yeah, but you have to quickly run the other way to lure him away from the victim. Otherwise, he'll just end up killing him. So that part was a little frustrating and got a little difficult to figure out exactly how to deal with him. But another option is to use one of the potions, because one of the potions you can pick up is a red potion that will mutate you and turn you into a monster. And uh, Anamorph you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you become this big purple beast who can smash walls. So that includes the hedges. Other potions have other effects. There's one that turns you into a specter, which is not particularly useful. I mean, it lets you look around the level, but you can't really interact with anything. So maybe you can just use it to find out where the victims are, because they're usually scattered around in different locations. And then some of the potions are labeled with a question mark, and those effects are unpredictable. They could be anything. So they could be just the same effect as one of your other items. It could be, like, there's an item that gives you super speed, 
like these pair of sneakers that you can pick up. So sometimes the potion will give you that. It might give you back health. It might do nothing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Other levels in the mall, for example, are into those evil dolls. They're called Tommy the Evil Doll. They bust out of boxes labeled Fun Baby <laughs> and burst into flame sometimes when I shoot them with a the water pistol. I don't really understand. Shooting them with holy water, maybe. I guess so. And I guess that's burning them. But then they're still able to run up to me and do damage. Now while they're, they're on fire and well, attacking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's even more annoying. Uh, on some levels where there's werewolves, they can jump over walls. So the enemies get pretty creative in this uh, game. I like how they mix it up and how the different weapons that you can pick up play against them. Some of them have different effects or are more effective against the different types of enemies. There's a, a pod people stage where copies of your character kind of take the place of the zombies. And in that one, there are these pod plants that create these weeds or these vines that spread out on the ground and they do damage if you run into them. So you have a weed whacker to mm. mow the lawn and clear away the vines. Some other levels include a pyramid where you run into mummies. There's a crypt that has spiky floors, mm. a mansion where there's vampires the vampires are known as Vlad Belmont. Where they got that name from? Yeah, I wonder. Uh, but I guess they're allowed. Many of these levels, they have doorways that slam shut after you walk through them. So ammo for weapons like the bazooka are good to keep handy so you could blast through those doors. Oh, you can break them open? Oh. Yeah, you can blast them. And there's also spots where the wall is weak and it's a spot that you can blow mm-hmm. up. So the same is true for the hedges. And the game is really just one big grid. And mm-hmm. there's just different partitions in different spots. And you can blow holes through them to get access. Now, I forget. Do you... Now, you have unlimited ammo, right? No, actually, all the ammo is, is? Okay. numbered. So you have specific amounts of each type of ammo that you pick up. Huh. But you can carry multiple weapons? Yeah, you can carry as much as you like. Okay. Uh-huh. Actually, items found on one level might be useful on other levels further down. So your inventory carries over every level. For example, like before I ran into the werewolves, I had found silverware on the previous level, and that's more effective against the werewolves. So you throw silverware and they take more damage. At one point, there's this giant baby rampaging in a mall. I don't understand Mm -hmm. why that happened. Like, I guess the same baby... boss character? Kind of. I mean, it's not really a boss i mean it's rampaging right from the start of the level as soon as you get there there's other stuff to do there you still have to pick up the other victim but the baby is really fast and he can trample the other victims that are in the same room so you kind of have to try to lure him away or try to hit him from a position where you can't see the other victims you don't kill the baby well you don't kill it what you do is once it takes enough damage it just reverts back to a normal baby Uh but i don't think it counts as part of your total count of people you have to save. Mm-hmm. I think it's just the way to beat it. On these swamp-like levels, there are kind of fishmen stand-ins. They call them the gillmen of the Blue Lagoon. They uh, collapse into a pile of flopping fish when you defeat them. They can swim in the water, and they damage me while I'm swimming in the water, so I'm more vulnerable when they're around. And trying to get somewhere because I can't use any weapons while I'm in the water. So I have to just try to lure them onto the land first where I can kill them. And then get in the water or just try to swim away or something. Some other levels have jelly blobs. Do they break apart into more jelly blobs when you shoot them? Uh, No. What they do is they eject these blobs into the air that land on you. Mm. Kind of bombs 
that cover your head and temporarily disable your use of any other weapons. But they're mostly vulnerable to ice pops that you can throw, like grenades, or the fire extinguisher, because apparently they don't like cold. Hmm. I guess that freezes the jelly and helps you break <laughs> it apart. <laughs> A lot of variety of enemies in this. You've got giant ants, you've got mushroom men, these tiny little red spiders that are really fast. Sometimes at the end of a level, a special bonus is granted. You'll get something like a weed cutting bonus for cutting a lot of the weeds, or you might get a no bazooka bonus for not using that particular weapon, because I guess it makes things a little easier sometimes if you can just blow a hole into a wall and you don't have to worry about finding a key to open a door or something like that. Extermination bonus for killing a lot of giant ants, or the fish fry bonus for defeating a lot of gillmen. There's also a secret bonus, and that's for unlocking a bonus level. So apparently there's a special pickup that you can grab in the level that might be hidden or might not be easy to find, and that unlocks like the bonus level that comes mm. right after it. What does that usually consist of? I never noticed, to be honest. Oh, you didn't get to any of the bonus levels? I did, but I just wasn't sure what I picked up oh. to get there. But is that level any... Like, is there just treasure on there or something? Like weapons? And... Uh, there might be, yeah. Okay. But usually it just looks like a normal level. Okay. On one level, there's these aliens that show up. They kind of look like Mars Attacks-style mm. Martians. They're the ones that use the bubble guns, and they will encase me in a bubble and temporarily, like, immobilizing me. But you can also find a bubble gun that you can pick up and use as well. There's also a saucer that flies overhead and will randomly zap me from above. Oddly, there's also these crazed football players that I run into. <laughs> they don't really hurt. They just kind of knock me around. But a football is another type of weapon that I can pick up for mm -hmm. some reason. I didn't really use that one too much. Uh, but also the shoulder buttons toggle a radar screen. So... It's kind of like an overlay, but it takes up a big portion of the screen, so you can turn it on and off if you find it too bothersome. But it pretty much is a radar scope that shows you like a 3x3 three three sort of view of the screens around you. The victims will show up as yellow dots that you can then try to get to where they are to rescue them. Mm. What happens is that the victims, they won't be attacked unless they're on the screen with you. So it's not like the level starts, there's 10 victims somewhere, you know, you have to get to them before they're attacked. Yeah, yeah. When they come into view, that's when you're able to pick them up, but that's also when they'll get attacked. Mm -hmm. So you have to sometimes plan that out a little bit. So the action really only exists what's around on the current screen that you're on. Right, right. But the levels are kind of big, they're spread out a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a mix between like Gauntlet and Smash TV, right? I think that's a fair comparison. Mm -hmm. Sure. You know there's a victim there because you see it on the radar. So you move towards it, and there might be an enemy between you and the victim. Mm -hmm. But then as soon as the victim comes into view, the enemy will turn around, and its focus will be on trying to get to the victim before you do. Okay. So you have to be prepared to try to kill it or get to them or mm -hmm. distract them or something before they can kill it. So that takes a little getting used to. Like even the zombies, they might spawn right out of the ground, and they might spawn right next to the victim. Right, and if it's like an area where you can't get to right away, like you have to go around something. Right. But it's too late by the time you get over Yeah, there. you'll hear them scream, and then they turn into like ghosts, and then they kind uh -huh. of disappear. Uh-huh. So um, keeping some homing weapons or some area of effect type weapon ready before approaching a victim is usually a good thing that you can do to prepare. And it's also possible to waste keys, I've noticed. Like even though keys are pretty plentiful, there are times where... 
you might open a door and there's just nothing in the room. So you kind of wasted the key mm. to open it. Yeah. Or it might be like, oh, I see a door, but there's a way around the door. So you don't have to you use it. You don't have to waste it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's things like that. There's alternate pathways to get to. Does that annoy you when that go. happens? I, again, the keys are pretty common, mm-hmm. but if you're trying to be careful on how you're using them, it's a little unnecessary. This is the part that's annoying. Your ammo is limited, but enemies are constantly regenerating. So there's really not much point in actively fighting the enemy unless it's either in your way or it's about to, like, get a victim or something. Although this is, like, a shooting action type of game, the focus is really on just rescuing the human victims. You want to just get to them and exit the level. That's kind of your goal. There's a lot of hidden items or caches of items, like hidden away in cabinets or trash cans or uh, suitcases or vases, any type of container. You can search these things and there might be something in there. It might be more ammo or it might be just something you haven't acquired yet. Uh, sometimes you'll open a cabinet and this purple monster will lunge out of the cabinet and then you'll take damage from that. <laughs> so that's just kind of random. On one stage, I noticed some of the humans, they turned into werewolves as I approached them. So there was a stage mm-hmm. where the enemies were werewolves but then as soon as the humans came into view, they would mutate into a werewolf. When you say humans, are you talking about people that you had to rescue? Or? Yeah, yeah. Huh. So I might have had like seven humans available or something. Uh-huh. Go to rescue them and they'll turn into werewolves. And then that'll get deducted from my total too. Oh, weird. So I actually lost them because... So how, I wonder if there's a way to prevent that. I don't know. I mean, they're considered deaths and I think it was intentional okay. for that level. Okay. I mean, after that particular level, I think I was down to like three humans left or something. Mm. Because on the next stage, there was also um, a desert area where there's like a mine that you can go into. And there's these giant sand snakes I have to fight there. They're called snakeoids. And by defeating them, they dropped a special key called a skeleton key. And once I picked up the skeleton key, then I was able to open the doors where the remaining victims were left behind. So it looks like on that stage... It was intended that I would drop down to that number of victims because they were all locked away behind doors that I I had to get special keys to get to them. Mm -hmm. So definitely some of that stuff I think is planned. Also, because your items carry over between levels, there are situations where, yeah, you need skeleton keys to get to these victims, but it's possible to stockpile them from a previous level where you didn't have to use it and you can just save it and use it on this level so that you don't have to do the prerequisite. In the end, as long as you rescue your victim, the exit will open and then you can proceed. There's another stage where an actual big boss battle happens with this giant spider boss. So there are bosses? Yeah, but not really too many. Okay. This uh, scientist-looking guy drinks a formula and then he becomes this giant spider. This almost seems like this could be like a Rampage spinoff with Mm -hmm. all the mutations of humans kind of thing. I could see that. If they could think of a creative way to tie it in. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see why not. This particular boss, he'll shoot out webs, and they block movement on the floor, kind of like the vines from the other stages, from the pod people stage. The very final boss has a spider phase, too, and even when you defeat the spider in that situation, he'll drink another formula and become this giant head, (laughs) and he fires out tongues towards me, like giant slugs, almost. Very creepy. I noticed one annoying thing about the game is that you have to be sort of aligned on the same plane as your enemy in order to be able to shoot them effectively. 
uh, a little too precisely, I feel. In a lot of other games of this type, I feel like I have more leeway mm-hmm. as long as I get a hit on them. But it almost seems like I have to be standing like very close to them or in the same line in order to make an effective hit. But overall, it's a pretty tough game. I found it pretty difficult. I died a lot. <laughs> it's a tough game, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty aggressive. I'm trying to remember if I ever finished it. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't remember. It's possible. I don't know. I kind of toughed my way through it and got to the end, and it says, Winner! Fireworks <laughs> playing in the background. Okay. And it gives me a total of every type of enemy I killed. So it runs through all the enemies in the game and tallies up how many I killed. And it seems like the most plentiful were just the basic zombies. 624. I wonder how the password remembers a lot. Uh, that's a good question. Hmm. I don't know if it generates a different one depending on what your uh, inventory or what your history is. In the list, it actually had a little bit of an Easter egg in terms of, I guess, a level that I didn't get to. It was probably a bonus level that I didn't uncover while I was playing it. So one particular type of enemy showed up, and it said zero for that enemy. I said, oh, that's strange. I guess I didn't run into that one. But you don't want to say the enemy because it's a spoiler. It's a little bit of a spoiler, so I'm not going to mention that one. You tell me after. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Well, the funny thing is that you do see this enemy on the next level because even after the game is over, Mm -hmm. you get what's called the credit level. This one is titled The Monsters Among Us. And it's a pretty cool way to wrap up the game. You walk around the LucasArts office. Oh, I think I did beat this. I do remember doing that. Yeah. Uh uh And it's like kind of in cartoon form, obviously. And you meet the developers that work there and each of them have a clever thing to say when Mm -hmm. you walk up to them. This same enemy is something from a previous LucasArts game that also appears on this bonus level. Okay. The game was designed by Mike Ebert, who mostly did art and level design on a lot of other games, but this was a game where he was in charge of it. He's been working, apparently, in uh, the industry for a while. He's been doing work on the Skylanders games most recently. Mm. The lead programmer was someone by the name of Dean Sharp, who worked on many subsequent LucasArts console productions and went on to be a producer on the Metro 2033 series of games. So he's still active too. Mm -hmm. The music was done by the fat man. Yeah, music's good. It's uh, pretty well done. I mean, it matches the tone of the game. It's like one of the first things that struck me when when you put the game on. You Mm -hmm. get that little psychedelic spiral, and then you hear that kind of theremin sort of... Yeah. Like, um horror like old like 50s horror movie kind of thing Mm -hmm. and it's so cool like oh this game looks feels great as soon as you put it on yeah very effective use Mm -hmm. i mean they mix it up a little bit because it's not just that type of style i mean then you know usually matches the theme of the level in some way like sometimes you have like manic circus type music or more speed punk or like this weird polka music or something like that you know Uh so it just depends on what they're going for the sound design also was done by Dave Warhol, one of the Intellivision's Blue Sky Rangers. Oh, wow. So he's been doing a lot of stuff with other games beyond just Intellivision work. Music was composed by Joe McDermott, who is a member of Team Fat, which is basically the Fat Man's band, mm-hmm. has done a lot of music for a lot of different games. Also in the manual, they give you some alternate titles for the game. They said they thought long and hard about what to call this game when they were designing it. Okay. And they, they offered some of the alternate titles that they were considering before they settled on their final pick. Mm-hmm. One of them was Zombies Invade Suburbia. Could have been called that. Don't Build That Mall Here. Mm. Ghouls Just Want to Have Fun. I kind of like that one. Yeah? Okay. <laughs> okay. Grave Consequences. Uh, 
don't know. Too hokey, right? Yeah. Revenge of the Teenage Son of the Bride of a Zombie Part 2. That's a good one. <laughs> Just mash them all together. Yeah. All the cliches. Mm-hmm. Well, you think that's for real, or is that just a joke? Uh, could have been a joke, could have been for real, yeah. who knows. You can't take this game too seriously. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so if you wanted to buy a copy of this game on eBay, lose copies for the SNES were anywhere between $15 to $40. Surprisingly we, affordable. Not bad, right? Yeah. For a well-known SNES game. Yeah. It's plentiful, so I guess there's plenty of supply. Complete in box is a little bit more, 45 to 110 that's pretty cheap, too. Depending on yeah. condition. One of the listings I noticed promised a box and Manuel. Manuel, yeah. yeah. And Manuel he, was capitalized. He's going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He'll come with it. He'll deliver it for you. I'm not sure what that means. So for a brand new sealed copy, 135 That's not too bad. It was a $60 game new, so mm-hmm. you're paying double for it You know, 20 years later. Yeah. So not too bad. Mm-hmm. As mentioned, it was released in 1993, around September in the U.S., and in Europe by January of 94. Also released on the Sega Genesis in the same year, and uh, was re-released only on Wii Virtual Console in 2009. Hmm. Wow. There was another game that came after this called Ghoul Patrol on the SNES. Mm -hmm. This was kind of a follow-up title, released in 94. But it was done by a different dev team. It had a different feel, yeah. So that was the SNES exclusive? I think so. Mm -hmm. I think the impression that I got was that not too many people were as happy. Yeah. And was probably even tougher, I heard. Mm, Could be. Yeah, I like that game. I played it on both. Probably played it on more Genesis, just because my collection mostly was on there. But it was good. I used to play one of the few games that I would ever play multiplayer with somebody. Mm Mm-hmm. And I liked it. But again, it was a little hard. You know, it's not an easy type of game to play through. And uh, it moved a little bit slow, probably because there's so many levels and it can take a while to play through that game. Mm-hmm. I would always get to a certain point in the game and then be like, all right, you know, hours up. You know, we're done. <laughs> yeah, it probably took, mm, I don't know, I'm going to say at least six hours to beat. Yeah, I would say that sounds about right. Yeah. Definitely a challenge, though, if you mm-hmm. like a hard game that's kind of trying to be funny, too. Now, as far as the top-down shooter type of game, mm. how do you think it stacks among, like, those type of, like, a Robotron, a Smash TV, Total Carnage, mm. even, like, Next Machina? Well, play? I'd say it's difficult just because you don't have that full twin-stick control. Mm-hmm. You have to shoot in the direction you're right. facing that or moving. That makes a big difference to me. The problem I found is that once you have a big inventory of a lot of different items, it takes a while to cycle through them to pick the one you want to use. Yeah, and you can't pause and do it, right? Right, and you can't pause the game to then pick the one you want to use and then unpause. You have to do it while you're trying to stay alive. So you got to pick like a quiet area to select your weapon and then go after the monster you want to use it against. Mm-hmm. It's a little start and stop because of that. Do you think the game would have been better if it was a twin stick where one stick moves and the other one shoots? A little bit in terms of targeting and shooting against enemies. Mm -hmm. But again, it does feel like you have that grid style where things have a very precise position. They do. Like the hitboxes are a little bit off. There are times when I was hitting an enemy and it didn't really do anything. Right. I'm like, oh, it's strange. Yeah, what right. Is, how many times do I have to shoot this guy? For, you know, and, mm-hmm. and in a game where you're so conservative with ammo, that kind of gets a little frustrating. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Right. 
you have a health bar, so you can take a bunch of hits, I think up to 10 hits or something. And then you can use a first aid kit and it'll refill it to max again. And those I found pretty frequently too. I don't think I had a real shortage of that to use. But yeah, I mean, you have to do it in real time. You don't get to pause and then go off screen and fix yourself up and then go back. <laughs> Finally wanted to try this out. Yeah. thought it was good. I think that game should come back in some form. Mm-hmm. Konami needs to release like a Greatest Hits collection or something. They have such a good back catalog, and it's really almost inaccessible for most people. Yeah. To play some of these games. I wonder who owns this game, really. I mean, Konami published it, but LucasArts developed it, which is now in Disney's hands. So I guess they'd have to work something out. Yeah, that's true. I think Konami fully owns Ghoul Patrol, though. Oh, great. Do something with that. I believe the Kid with the 3D Glasses is back in that game. I I think you could be right. I think so. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll give you some of my gaming adventures. Okay. I'm going to save the worst for last. You know, let's, let's get the good stuff out of the way first. Uh-oh. At least from my perspective. All right, go for it. So there was San Diego Comic-Con mm-hmm. not too long ago. Mm-hmm. And there's this weird Namco Bandai mashup with Hello Kitty. Okay. Did you hear anything about this? Only when you told me about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so bizarre. Like, I don't know like why they did this and why they're making it such a big deal out of it. Like, Are there that many... Hello Kitty and Pac-Man fans out there? I guess. I don't know. I mean, Pac-Man did a, a thing with Coach handbags. Yeah. Like, what was that about? That was mm-hmm. weird. They're hyping this up, on at least on Facebook. To celebrate this, like, collaboration between Hello Kitty and Pac-Man, apparently there were some, like, items you can buy, but they were exclusive for, like, Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. They're not even available outside of that venue right now. But um, they released a level in their Pac-Man mobile game. That's on Android and iOS. Mm-hmm. It's a Hello Kitty themed level. So that Pac-Man mobile game is the original arcade Pac-Man. And then it has a whole other section to the game, which is all these new mazes that you can play through. And each maze has like a theme to it, like hamburger or cute or monster or something like that. And that usually reflects like what the shape of the maze is. It'll sometimes be between three to like... 13 different mazes within that one maze. Uh-huh. Like, you know how Ms. Pac-Man, it's... Once you get to the banana, you've pretty much seen every stage of Ms. Pac-Man. Mm-hmm. But okay. there's different ones. Yeah. So it works like that. It's mm-hmm. like like the original Pac-Man arcade game, it's always the same maze. But in these, they're like different levels that have like sub-mazes in it. Yeah. And the fruit changes, you know, depending on the, the game you're playing. So anyway, there's this, uh, a Hello Kitty stage. And, it, well, first of all, it's not free. I think IGN or Kotaku or someone like posted an article about this. Mm. And they're like, and you can download it for free right now. And it's like, well, it's not free. Like, the game is free. But if you want to play the stage, you have to use, like, Namco coins, you know? Yeah. And, of course, Namco coins, if you want, you can buy a bundle of 100 for a $1.99 or mm. something. Well, but you can also earn free ones. But too. that's not free to play games work. Right, yeah. So the, those extra mazes are not free. You get kind of a lot of coins pretty easily from doing different tasks. So initially, it was like 32 Namco coins, which is kind of a lot. That's like one of their higher-end mazes. Mm-hmm. So I, know I made comments about it. I was like, well, this is kind of expensive, you know. And then I checked a couple of days later, and they lowered the price to like 7 or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I was able to buy that pretty easily. So really, all it is is it's, it's Pac-Man still. You have Hello Kitty like kind of themes to it. So like you might have the shape of the maze that'll look like Hello Kitty's face. Or you will see, like, a little Hello Kitty in a place of fruit. Mm-hmm. And, like, the ghosts will have, like, little bow ties on their head. Like, little, like, cutesy things like that. Uh-huh. 
And that's kind of what the whole thing is. I think there's eight stages to the game. And then once you hit the eighth one, unlike regular Pac-Man, where you just keep playing and playing, the game ends, and then they tally up your score. Mm -hmm. And this is why it's called Pac-Man Tournament, because you can compare your scores with other players. And then if you want, you can go back and play the maze again Mm. and try to get like a, you know, go for a perfect, which is to get every ghost, every power-up, you know, everything. That seems tough. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's tough. I don't usually do that. I don't go that far, but I guess some people do that. Um, You get rewarded, you know, the better you do, you'll get more Namco coins back. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think even though after you buy the maze, if you want to replay the maze again, you have to pay like one coin to Mm -hmm. replay it, I think. But you get a free coin, like, every day for logging in, so it kind of, like, it evens out. That's kind of the extent of the... Mm. <laughs> it's not, like, a major thing. So they didn't just... outright replace any of the characters with Hello Kitty characters? No, it's still the same ghosts. It's still just Pac-Man, but... Yeah, and you're still Pac-Man. Mm-hmm. There is the intermission screen, where they changed it so Hello Kitty is in the intermission, which okay. I th- which was a surprise to me. I didn't even think they'd go that far. Uh-huh. So I got a little chuckle out of that when I saw that. Mm. But it's still, like... It's mostly like ROM hacks, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I think the Pac-Man mobile is great. Like, next to Pac-Man 256, that is, like, the next best Pac-Man game ever made. Mm-hmm. Pac-Man tournament. Mm. Or mobile, whatever they call it now. And yeah. that's the one that they just have all these different mazes and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Because you have the original arcade, and then you have all these... And they're always adding new mazes. So I think mm-hmm. now they're up to like 64 mazes or something now. Nice. And I only, I have maybe like a dozen unlocked because I just never bothered going in and unlocking. Does it control like Pac-Man 256? Can you just like swipe anywhere and it'll you can. just control? Yeah. I mean, the the game looks like the original arcade. Right. But it, it control. yeah, it's swipe or you can do on-screen joystick control mm. or you can use an actual joystick. Right. If you right. have, you know, an IK controller or... Um, the MFI controller. Yep. Um, Android, you could probably use a USB stick. Mm. Should be fine. Okay. Cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So I had fun with that. Mm-hmm. And so I've been going through my media stuff from my computer. Yeah. So I've been kind of like diving into my iTunes folder. Because I've had my computer for like almost 10 years. Mm-hmm. And you probably have the same experiences. But, you know, people give you music and people give you games and people give you whatever stuff. And oh, yeah. and I just keep piling and, and just like, oh, I'll just drop this in this folder. You know, one day I'll go through it. So now it's like, all right, now it's 10 years later or so. You're cracking the Easter eggs open. Yeah. And I'm like, what is in all these folders I have everywhere? Mm-hmm. So I've been sort of organizing things. And, you know, I sorted through, you know, all these years of music. And I got to my ROM folder. A lot of these ROMs I got from some shady places. <laughs> and... And they're big messes. They're like five or six versions of every game, you know? And I'm like, well, which version do I keep? Every game? It almost seems like it. You know, the NES folder and the Genesis folder. It's Uh like beta versions and alternate versions. Oh, yeah. And, you know, France versions, Belgium. You know, it's like, I don't know which version. You know, I want the U.S. version. Well, right. So you you got to filter on that stuff. Right. So it takes time to go through all the stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, talking about like thousands of ROMs you got to go through. Sure. So this week I was up to the Genesis folder. There was one folder I looked at that said, like, unreleased games or PAL games. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, I don't know what these are. So I started, like, just dropping them in, you know, the emulator, see what they were. And uh, a lot of these games I never heard of. There were some games that I did hear, like, uh, there was one game called Fido Dido, mm-hmm. which I remember that was on my wish list at one point. I thought I liked, for some reason, Fido Dido. I don't know. I don't remember that character. I don't even know what it was, vaguely? but I remember, like, he was, like, this cool, like, black and white sort of, he thought he was cool anyway, uh, uh-huh. this Hawaiian shorts or something. 
<laughs> uh-huh. So I, I remember like wanting the game. I sort of like an IGN or something. So I, I was playing that a little bit. It's, it's awful. It's terrible. I don't even know if it's finished. It's really terrible. Okay. It's an unlicensed game, I believe. I play this other game. You play this like Jelly Blob. I think it's called like Jelly Boy. Okay. And I've heard of this one. You did? Yeah. It's, it seemed pretty good. Is it Jerry Boy or Jelly it's, Boy? It's, no, it's not Jerry. It's Jelly Boy. Okay. Because I think that was a Super Nintendo game. Right? Yeah. I thought that's what you were talking now, about. Now, I don't know if it was... It might be based on the Super Nintendo version, but you do play this like a little blob. You know, it's a platformer and you collect these items. Like You'll see a little hammer on the screen and when you pick up the hammer, you can now morph into like a like jelly hammer. <laughs> okay. And you can kind of bounce around, but like you still have like half jelly form. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And as you go through the stage, like, you're constantly picking up objects that turn you into jelly forms of objects. Mm-hmm. Almost like a boy in his blob, too. Like, you know, the blob turns into something. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is, like, a really cool concept. What was in this release here? So I don't remember 100% sure if that was what the name of the game is, but I'm sure you can find it. Mm-hmm. And there was a couple of bad... Like, a lot of them are really bad. There's some terrible, terrible games. Um, I think I played Mulan. I don't know. I guess that wasn't released here. That was in that folder. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think of some maybe like some popular. I mean, there was uh, like Super Mario Brothers and stuff that I found, mm. which surprisingly are not that bad. <laughs> I don't know like if those were official hacks or homebrews. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then some of them are just awful. Some didn't play. It said just propel use only. I, I don't know if there was a way around that. Yeah, you could probably just set the region of the emulator. Okay, yeah, I didn't really mess around. Going mm. for more for speed than anything else. Mm-hmm. And then I was just curious to see if anything was worth because I was what I was trying to do is put together for all my consoles like an official sort of curated list of yeah. ROMs. Like, this is it. Don't bother looking anywhere else because these are all the games I would want to play. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's always going to be kind of particular to your taste. It's like all the U.S. retail games that I remember and then maybe a couple of Japanese stuff that didn't make it over here that I know were good. Like a Bare Knuckle 3 that is a little bit different than I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, more or less. So that's that was my goal, you know. Right. That went through Master System... Game Gear, TurboGrafx. TurboGrafx, I don't know what I was looking at. So I that was more of just a copy and paste. Yeah. That's one console that when it gets to like PC Engine, I don't know. Half of it, I can't even understand what the language is. So that's <laughs> like, I don't even know. These are like well, anime characters maybe. I'll give you a hint. <laughs> more than half of the language is going to be Japanese. Okay. <laughs> but it was still like, you know, an English Yeah, so. Yeah. Well, there's a lot. Of, there's a ton of playable stuff that you don't need any knowledge of Japanese I, I couldn't for. I just start testing every single game it was impossible so mm-hmm. i just randomly pick things yeah that's probably the best way to do it anyway uh-huh. so you know it took me a long time but i had some fun with that i guess mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh i also there was a new release from sega part of their whole mobile strategy yeah called revenge of shinobi you know every month they're releasing a new game sega forever from right mobile Yes, Sega Forever, exactly. Mm -hmm. But this time, they said, you know, we're listening to feedback from the fans, right? Because a lot of people complained about some of those Mm. early releases. Yeah. So I saw, hey, Revenge of Shinobi, maybe like my top five or top ten Genesis games of all time. Uh So I was pretty excited. So I gave it a try, and it's pretty bad. It's really (laughs) bad. (laughs) I think it's a little too soon for them to course correct on whatever complaints there have been so far. I think they're just kind of doing damage control right now saying saying we're listening and you know maybe 15 games from now we'll get around to fixing something you're probably right because Mm -hmm. like how can you change things overnight right like two weeks you know you can't it's a slow moving ship makes no sense to me why the ratings are not that bad for this game and some of the other ones Mm -hmm. like i look i said well let me go to the app store and see what like the rating it has and it's like you know like four out of five or three out of five i'm like that's pretty good for a game that's completely unplayable Mm -hmm. you know let me tell you why it's unplayable (laughs) 
So, all right, let's get the obvious stuff out of the way. It's not the original Revenge of Shinobi ROM mm-hmm. that was first released that had the unlicensed characters like Batman, Spider-Man, Godzilla, you know, all that stuff. Uh-huh. So it's the, I guess, most recent ROM, right. which takes all that stuff out. Sure. So, you know, right there alone takes a little bit of the fun out of the game. To be expected. It's totally expected. I was not... I would have probably been more shocked if they did release the, you know, the unlicensed version. Mm-hmm. But totally fine with that. I didn't care. But the main killing point of this game is the frame rate is horrendous. It's awful. Definitely doesn't run 30 frames per second. I would say maybe 20, maybe 15. Mm. It, it kind of variable. It drops a lot. Well, that's bad, too. I mean, it's one thing for it to be slow. Yeah. If it's consistently slow, then it might be okay. It, or it, or like it does, at least not, manageable. It's not consistent 30. It's maybe consistent 20, 25, and then it drops to like 10, 15. Right. Well, I mean, uneven that. frame rates are almost worse than just slow frame rate. Yeah. For it to be sometimes 30, and then sometimes 15, and then sometimes 12, I mean, it's just... It's bad. Yeah, you'll be walking, and then your character will kind of jump forward because mm-hmm. it like skipped a couple of frames. Yeah, and you're like, "Well, what's going on here? Like, this is crazy." It's probably the ad server in the background checking to. That's another thing. Give you it's, more ads. It's jam packed of ads, and I understand. Like, all right, so you know me, I play a lot of mobile games. I'm like the last one to complain about ads. You know, I'm pretty tolerant of mm-hmm. annoying ads, and this is just ads in all the wrong places. It's like. You go into the options screen just to see, like, what the options are. Yeah. And it's like, you exit the screen and ads, you know, like a big full screen ad that you have to wait 10 seconds for. Or, you know, you start the game, ad. You go onto a menu, there's an ad at the bottom of the screen. It's like, come on, with the ads, right? I mean, how many... But that's to get you to pay the $1.99 to unlock it and get rid of it. I understand that, but... I think that it's a little overdone. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess that's the point. They want it to be annoying. Right. <laughs> I mean, I actually wouldn't have a problem giving the money for it if it was a good emulated mm-hmm. version of this game. There's no, absolutely no excuse in 2017 for this to be a poorly emulated game. For instance, when you start the game, I mean, this is how all the games work. It gives you like a generic menu of system options. You can look at a Sega zine option where it takes you to like their Twitter page or something. I don't know what it is. A webpage Some kind of thing. It's like they put zero effort into it. And then they have something called high scores, which doesn't work. When you tap on it, it does absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. They have a button that says more games, right? Tap on it, it does nothing. So they didn't even finish these things. And then you have start game and then um, another option too to look at the overall options. So one of the things they changed was you can now look at classic mode. As far as video filters, mm-hmm. it used to be there was no video filters. Now there's classic and smooth. So I, I like to play on classic because I like that real pixely, blocky look. Sure. So that was one good thing I could say about it. Mm-hmm. So initially, it has controller support. So I started the game and the controller didn't work. So I'm thinking, well, what's going on? Like, is this not supporting controllers and not my controller? Like, why doesn't this work? So what I had to do, I, I tested another game out. Uh, incidentally, the Pac-Man mobile game, which worked fine with my controller. So I force quit the Shinobi game, restarted it, and then it recognized the controller after that. Hmm, weird. Yeah, I don't know. It was strange. Kind of random. Yeah, very. And, you know, I played up to the second stage. Oh, I gotta say that the music in it, not bad. They did a pretty good job with the music chip. I was mm-hmm. impressed. However, <laughs> the music pops and crackles every second, pretty much. And I thought, well, maybe it's the game's resources, like while I'm playing the level, that like it can't just handle everything and the game's popping. So I went into the option mode in the game where you can listen to the sound mm-hmm. select. Yeah. So I'm listening just the tunes in that mode, and then it's just it's popping and crackling like on, on like certain notes and stuff. 
I'm like, well, that's this is unplayable. This is just junk. Um, I got I played through the second stage, I think, with the waterfalls, and the frame rate was so bad I couldn't make the jumps on the waterfalls because you have to do that like double jump to get to the logs and stuff. Mm. And I would miss the double jump because the frames would skip, you know. And then there's controller lag on top of it. Huh. So I'm like, I, I just can't play this game. It's really unplayable. So. I don't know how this passes their testing. I, I just don't know if it's an issue with their emulation or their the engine they're using. There's no reason to believe that if you unlock the game to be ad-free, that maybe that would change the performance in some way. Like maybe if the game didn't have to fetch ads, it would right. perform better. But, yeah. but who knows? I don't think that's the issue. I think it's just a poor emulator. Mm-hmm. Those flashback plug-and-plays thousand times better you're better off don't waste your money buying these mobile games just buy a flashback with the built-in games and play version it'll be that way well yeah i guess it's a better experience even though the sound on that is is not good but at least the game's playable i I don't know or or get it on the pc like these pc versions of these games are great Mm -hmm. i mean these games played fine on a 1990s windows pc they nailed it like genesis performance was good sure so for some reason Almost 20 years later, they still can't get it right on this platform, which is like 100 times better than anything on a Pentium chip could have done. It's just a programming issue. It's it's just really disgraceful that a company like Sega would put their name on something like this. Why tarnish your products? Uh, maybe as a retro gamer, I'm overthinking it. That's why I was going back to the ratings. I'm thinking, oh, this game must have like a one star. You know, I'm going back and people seem like, oh, she read Shinobi. I love this game when I was, you know, in college and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, maybe it's just me. Like, maybe most people are just fine with the way it looks. And, you know, they're willing to deal with weird on-screen controls and sort of choppy frame rates and stuff. They just want to keep the game on their phone so they I can guess. throw it on anytime, play five minutes of it. You uh-huh. know, eh, you know, whatever. I'm not going to finish the game or anything. I'm just going to, like, mess around with it for a little while. Yeah. Until it's time to get off this shopping line or whatever. Right. And then, you know, that's it. I mean, I guess they just don't have that level of attention. Mm-hmm. I just hope Sega takes to heart the criticisms that these releases are getting and they'll make the effort to clean them up and they can patch it down the road and make them what they should be. Right. Yeah. I mean, so, if they do that, it's then that's great if they do. But mm-hmm. are they going to put the effort into it or not? I mean, I'm thinking at some point these are going to be on the Switch. Mm-hmm. It's a just makes sense yeah and i wonder if they're going to put these versions on there since it would be you know easy for them it could probably... like there's a lot of mobile games on switch so they did the work on the 3ds they had those sega classics which right. were I, I don't have them myself but i've heard stellar reviews from those Those were like fantastic those are not done by sega internally they're done by m2 this developer externally and mm-hmm. those are reprogrammed they're not emulated so those are rebuilt as original games. So that's just proof that they can do it. They just have to put the resources in the right place. Mm-hmm. And then for me, it's like, well, you had 3DS, right, that they were making this for. And, you know, you have a couple of million users. And now it's like, well, now you're putting a product on to mobile, which is probably like four times that amount of people who are going to be playing it. Yeah. And like, wouldn't you want a better product even than that? Your audience is so much larger. They should already know how to do it right. This shouldn't be like new unexplored territory. Yeah. I mean, at least in terms of Sega Genesis games. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I think that's pretty well-covered territory. So they should know how to do it. Yeah. I don't know why they continue to find new ways to mess up the same old thing. I know. Hopefully they get their act together and do it right. Yeah. I feel like the damage is done already, though. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think even if they went back and fixed those old games, 
I think people already know. It's like, oh, then these were all bad. They do fix it, and hopefully word gets around, and people know that it's good to go. Mm-hmm. But there's always going to be people who don't hear these things, and maybe they took the time to download some of these themselves and saw they were bad, and don't bother again. Yeah. At least it's free to play, so you can always download it and see if it's any better. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, know I already deleted them off my iPad, and if I read somewhere that they... Made mm-hmm. some major improvements. I'll re-download them. Yeah, and I love these old games. Like I love Altered Beast. I like um, Kid Chameleon. Like all these games are fun, mm. but they're just so unplayable. I can't even make any sense about keeping them as small as file size as they are. It doesn't make sense to leave them on the iPad. Mm. Well, you know you're not going to play them, so why keep them? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah, no, that was you know that was the week. Little variety. Yeah. Selection. Yeah, exactly. Uh, now let me get this straight. It's the North Atlantic Video Game Aficionados meetup, right? Sure. At Digital Press this past week? That's what happened, yeah. Okay. This past weekend. That's right. Mm-hmm. In New Jersey. <laughs> yes. And now did you acquire anything? Because sometimes when you go there, you mm-hmm. find some interesting... Because there's a lot of trade boxes, a lot of people selling stuff. Yeah. Maybe that you can't find anywhere else. And did you pick up anything this week? Uh, not this time. No. Sometimes I go in with a game plan, but... Mm. This time, uh, wasn't... Okay. I, I have pickups this week, then, that right. I, I got. One from there, one not. Let's hear about so, it. So, it's a Qbert sticker sheet from 1983 from uh, Millstar Electronics. Two-sided, self-adhesive Qbert stickers. Very mm. cartoonish looking. Never saw it before. Something unique, something different. Just when I thought I've seen... I have Robotron stickers. Did I ever tell you that? I don't think so. Yeah. I do. I have Zaxxon, I think Robotron. Yeah, they're pretty cool. Sure, you got some classics. Yeah. So, I don't have Q-Bird stickers, so that's something new. And we uh, took a trip to Walmart. Mm. There's a series of uh, mini arcade games, sort of like tabletop games, in the spirit of the old Coleco, like tabletop type of things. Yeah, these have been coming out lately. Yeah, I had a few this Christmas. I got some, and, you know, during the year. But this one is a reissue of Pac-Man from last year. Mm-hmm. But they redid the cabinet to look more like an arcade cabinet now. It's a little bit thicker, and it has, like, a, a marquee that sticks out. And now it looks more like the American version. It has, like, a black with yellow sort of uh, look to it. It still has the Japanese art or whatever, like, the, the more updated side art mm-hmm. that they use. Yeah. Rather than the traditional Midway art that we were used to growing up. Uh-huh. But it's okay. It's not bad. But it has new graphics now. They changed it to look like... The Coleco tabletop Pac-Man vacuum form display. VFD. Yeah, VFD, yeah. So they changed the screen to look like that instead of the black and white. Yeah. I don't know what's in these things. It's probably just LED. I don't think they're actual VFDs. No, they're definitely not. Yeah, it's it's like kind of mimicking that style. Right. So it does have the arcade sound effects in there. (laughs) (laughs) It does look like the old Coleco tabletops. Yeah, right. That's at least what it reminds me of. Yeah. In terms of the screen quality. Yeah. It has the high score, which is kind of interesting. And it keeps the high score, too, when you shut it off, Mm -hmm. which is kind of cool. It has a mode button, which I didn't look into what that does. I have no idea yet. It has a joystick. And for some reason, they put the joystick on the... And this is kind of the weird thing about it. On the left-hand side, Mm -hmm. it's hard to play with the left-handed controller. Even though when I play Pac-Man the Arcade, I do use my left hand. But the joystick's centered, so it makes more sense to me. Mm-hmm. But because this is on the left, I find it a little bit weird. And it's also like a thumbstick. It's not something you, you know you hold with your hand or fingers. So it's a little bit tricky. And it's also gated, too. So it's a four-way 
Okay. Like little plastic joysticks. So it's a little bit tricky to get used to, but it took me like one game to get used to it. Mm-hmm. And it has some speakers on it and it runs off batteries. And I really didn't need this because I'm not going to play it. I played it once and that's enough. Like I got my fill. It's more of like a display piece. I like how these things look and I like how they include the original sounds. The gameplay itself is not really something I would put a lot of time into. Uh-huh. So I kind of agree. I think it's just a nice shelf piece, and they're fun to display along with other ones that are similar. Yeah. But yeah, I probably wouldn't really play it too much. So I'm seeing the modes here. It's Eat the Dots, mm-hmm. which I guess is the arcade mode. Okay. And then the other mode is Chase Mode. Uh-huh. I don't know what the difference is. But I will say that the game does not have intermissions. Mm-hmm. And it does not have fruit. Right. Okay. The fruit they probably could have done. They probably could have. But uh, intermissions, obviously, they don't have... I mean, these are fixed displays, so... Yeah, yeah. uh, They'd have to get creative with that. (laughs) One thing I noticed, the the word joystick, is that two words or is that one word? I always thought it was one word, joystick. I always assumed it was one word. Yeah. Yeah. It's like joy stick. It's like a joyful stick. (laughs) I think it goes back to airplanes and... Is it two words, though? It's like... I think it's one word. One word. I think. I mean, I guess it's a compound word, but Mm. I don't really know what the joy aspect of it comes from. (laughs) We'd have to look into that. Uh Uh-huh. I'll put an ace reporter on the case to figure it out. Okay. You keep me updated. Okay. When I was standing in line to buy this Pac-Man machine, Mm -hmm. right? This was in Walmart. Yeah. So there was a kid in front of me, and he just starts screaming, Pac-Man, Pac-Man. And he must have been like, I don't know, eight years old or something with his dad and brother and sister Uh and fumbling for like my credit card or something in my wallet. And I hear this kid screaming Pac-Man in front of me. So then I know eventually I answer him because he's like, I guess he's getting my attention. So I, you know, I tell the kid, oh, you know, you like Pac-Man, huh? (laughs) And then the the father looks at me and he's like, what is that? The Nintendo? (laughs) (laughs) Blank stare. I didn't even know how to respond. I'm just like, no, it's. Mini mini arcade, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's it. That was the whole conversation. Do you think the average person even knows what the word arcade means these days? That's what I thought when I said mini arcade. I thought I probably gave him too much information. He probably didn't even know how to process that, uh-huh. and that's why he probably didn't answer me either. Yeah, what can you really say? It's an electronic game. Electronic game is probably what I should have said, but that still could have been a Nintendo. I, I guess. Would it be rude to say no? It's not from Nintendo. Maybe I, I'm not even sure. If, maybe he knew the whole language. I, I don't know. Hmm. Okay. Judging by the way he worded his sentence, I don't know. Uh-huh. I guess to a lot of people, the Nintendo just means video game. Video game, yeah. Still, even like in 2017. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, if you've been around a while. Like in early 90s, I used to hear that, but I haven't heard that in a long time. Someone, like I've heard like the PlayStation or, but mm-hmm. I thought it was funny. I don't know. I guess that's their frame <laughs> of reference. Yeah. That's it. That's my pickups for the week. Very good. I guess we can talk about the anti-pickup. Mm. The non-pickup. Okay. <laughs> well, as everyone might have heard by now, Nintendo is planning to release an update to their plug-and-play from last year, the NES Classic. Now they're going to do a Super NES Classic for this holiday season. Uh-huh. Releasing it September 29th, and everyone is holding their breath, wondering, so when are these things going to go on sale? Are there going to be any pre-orders? Is anyone going to be... Well, people are able to place orders ahead of time. People are more anxious than before because 
Number one, Nintendo came out and said that this is going to be limited. Whereas last year, we didn't know if Nintendo was going to keep making these after Christmas. Is this going to be yeah. like a, a common shelf item? And, you know, they kind of lied. Well, yeah, I mean, because they did come out and say, we're going to keep making these things for now, for the foreseeable future or whatever. Mm-hmm. However they worded it, they said, there's going to be more shipments of this item. Maybe there was an expectation that the same would occur. Mm-hmm. But I think they did change the message somewhat this time. And they, they said... Did. This is going to be specifically for this holiday season. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're not producing this long term. Right. So now people are even more anxious to say, well, I don't want to miss out like I did last time thinking that I was going to get it after Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I thought that too last year. I mean, if you didn't find one for me, I would have waited. Because I kept saying, oh, don't go crazy for it. We'll right. get it in the spring when it's easy to find. Sure. So, I, you know, it was a good thing you got that for me because I probably wouldn't have one right now. So now even myself, I'm like, well, I want to make sure I find one because, you mm-hmm. know, this is going to be hard to get. So there's that. And then there's the fact that they emailed customers to let them know, like, hey, this is available to pre-order. Do you want to get it? Okay. Did they actually do that? Walmart did that. Yes. Okay. I wasn't aware of... Uh... I have the email right here. I saved it. It says, this item on your wish list is now available to pre-order. Didn't even know of a product page before it went live. It all happened all at once. It was so fast. It was like, you, you messaged me about it, that the was available for pre-order. And then at the same time, I checked my email after I ordered mine. And then I saw the email like from like two hours ago. And it said, you know, this item's available for pre-order. Get it now. Okay. On Friday the 21st, I just caught some Twitter chat that the page on Walmart's site was live. Mm-hmm. So I just went ahead and place an order and, you know, let you know at the same time to get your orders in if you wanted to get one. A couple of people that we knew also were able to get a few orders in. So the page was live for at least a good half an hour. Mm-hmm. Half an hour to 40 minutes. It was open and people were able to get some orders in. I was able to order two. Yeah. I guess those were good for that time. And then the order shut down and we figured, all right, good. We made the cut. Mm-hmm. Right. So we celebrated at least temporarily until news sites started reporting that people have been getting notifications from Walmart, that the, the orders were getting canceled. They would get yeah. a, a note saying, sorry, we can't. Some of them fulfill. were like within the first 24 hours. Mm-hmm. I had my order in for a good five days Yeah. before uh-huh. I heard anything. And by the 26th, I finally mm-hmm. got a message I don't know if you've got the same Yeah, message. so let me go through. I found the emails now. I'll go through the series of events. Uh-huh. So the first email says, and I think this is where it came from. When the NES was available, I did the notify when in stock, right? Right. So I guess what they did was when they had the information for this, they must have plugged it into that same NES classic page. That waiting list or that notification yeah, list. Yeah, so I got that email that says, guess what? We restocked what you wanted. And it says, great news. The product you're interested in is now back in stock. Mm-hmm. Quantities may be limited, and the item could sell out again, so act quickly and get yours today. And it has a picture of the Super Nintendo. So that was the email. So I got the order confirmation. It says, thank you, we're processing your order. So I got a processing, and it says, uh, shipping October 5th. Mm-hmm. Right? And then a couple of days later, and what was it, like five or six days? Yeah. I thought, like, they oversold. Mm-hmm. And then some of those people that they oversold to, they just had to tell them, like, sorry, we, you know, we oversold and can't supply them, and that's it. But then they started canceling everybody. So uh, I don't know if you want me to read this whole thing. It's not that long, I guess. But this is the letter they sent out. It says, thank you for your interest in the Super Nintendo. Uh, As you are aware, this is a highly sought after console that will launch later this fall. 
Unfortunately, due to a technical glitch, the Super Nintendo was mistakenly made available last Friday evening ahead of the official release date. We regrettably will have to cancel this item on your order. We know this is incredibly disappointing to you, and we're truly sorry for this mistake. In regards to the cancellation of this item, if you paid by credit card, your card has not been charged. Any authorization holds placed on your account, blah blah blah. Okay. So the official launch date for this item is 929. Please check the product page on walmart.com prior to the date for any updates. I do hope you'll give us another chance to earn back your business. Hmm. Okay, so that was the first email. Okay. Now there was, I don't know if you got the second email. Yeah, I got a very short email after that. A generic one. Generic one that just says, thank you for your order. We're sorry, but the items shown below were canceled due to a system error that kept us from processing orders. Yeah. So I went to Twitter and I posted like sort of a somewhat annoyed response. Mm. And this is what they got back to me a couple of days later because they're so busy. They said, we are so disappointed with ourselves and cannot apologize enough. Uh-huh. That's all they say. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, what they were just saying is that the page went up by accident. It wasn't meant to be live or public. Uh-huh. It was a big mistake, and they shouldn't have done it. And the only reason that they canceled everyone, I can assume, is that they can't guarantee quantity because mm-hmm. Nintendo is not promising them or telling them how many they actually will receive. Yeah. I... You know, I'm putting the blame on Walmart a bit, but I, I really do think it's Nintendo's fault for everything. Mm-hmm. They just constantly screw up everything. They want to feed the hype machine. How does this company stay in business? I have no idea. It just boggles my mind. People keep wanting to buy their products. I know. I don't know why. <laughs> I, like, I hate giving them the money. Like, I don't want to give them the satisfaction because I don't even care about this that much. Uh-huh. But it's the idea of, well, I want to complete the collection. You know, I have the NES, I have the Genesis small, you know, mini Genesis. Mm -hmm. I have an Atari, Coleco and television. Like I want the Super Nintendo to fill that space. Sure. And I wish a third party, someone copied them. Like now there's third party, like clones of the NES. Yeah. And if I didn't get one, I'd probably just get that. That's fine. It looks the same thing, you know? Right. I don't need to be exactly the same. It's close, but not a hundred percent close. It's, it's fine. You look at it and you're like, oh, that's a Nintendo. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't need, to me, it's perfect. Right. But, you know, I mean, I'm not going to play the games on this thing. Star Fox 2, I'll probably check out just because I want to see what the differences are between the, the leaked ROM that's been around for a long time and, and the official one that they're releasing. Mm-hmm. Probably nothing, but it's probably the same game. But. I think there's a good chance it could be different. Do you think they put more work into it? I or do you think, think that they had always were holding on to this finished copy? I think whatever got out... Like, in, in leaked form might not have been the final version. That, that's if they all. had this done, like, why didn't they release it on the virtual console, like, years ago? They could have, but we don't or, know or exactly. Or a Switch exclusive kind of thing. People have asked that question, and they've only been able to speculate about it. Uh-huh. And one of the speculations is because maybe there's something about the Super FX chip, the version that was used in that game, that maybe they didn't fully own the design okay. of that okay. chip, and... Maybe they would have had to pay royalties on it or something to that effect. Good reason. Trying to figure out why they haven't released it to this point and just sat on it. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure someone will find a way to dump the version that's on this system so that it can be played outside of the system, too. Yeah. As far as why does anyone want this, I think this is at least one good reason to want to pick this. Like, here it is, an official version of Star Fox 2 that Nintendo actually put out. It is, and, you know, for a Super Nintendo fan, like... You really want this because this is going to complete your collection of every like Super Nintendo game. Because mm-hmm. how else are you going to play the official like version of this yeah. game? You know. Well, yeah, I guess so. Because some people are very funny about emulators and stuff like that. Uh huh. Well, this is an emulator, so 
Uh, but not to Nintendo fans. They're like, no, this isn't the official Nintendo product. This is an emulation, you know? Well, this it's, is how it's, Nintendo wants you to see this game. Uh, exactly. I guess you could say, we know this emulation is good, whereas with other emulators, we don't know what we're getting. Yeah. This we don't is know like, how accurate it is. This has the seal is. of approval from Nintendo. Yeah, even though... There has been variations right. in Nintendo's <laughs> the virtual, virtual console, right, yeah. depending on what system you were playing the game on and mm-hmm. so on. Like, you and I know that, but, you know, Nintendo fanboys are a different story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I'd say also Super Nintendo fandom might actually be greater than NES fandom at this point. I think so. Yeah, I believe it is. So, I think demand will be higher. I think so, yeah. And Nintendo says they've learned some You're things right. from the rollout last year. Right, just like Sega. Last uh-huh. year. <laughs> They all learn. And and they hope to do a better job of getting it into stores and into people's hands. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to be the case. We'll, lies. More lies. When the smoke and dust and... Nintendo has the worst track record. Mushroom cloud ends. On all this. The only thing they're able to make are Animal Crossing Amiibos. That seems to be the only thing they know how to do. Any store has about 200 of them on a shelf at any, any one time. I saw those on clearance today. Yeah. They're like $2 now. Yeah. Right, or 99 cents. The uh, Wii U game with the Animal Crossing Amiibo in it mm-hmm. on clearance for four ninety nine. Oh, with the... that's Wow. With yeah. the game and everything. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, as a total side note, I don't think that game was well received by Animal Crossing fans. Not even by them. Right. It's still coming out for mobile. That's still on the list for this year, too. It's still a popular franchise. It's oh, just, it definitely is. It's just it's a lot of potential. particular still. iteration uh-huh. wasn't to people's yeah, liking. So I guess, yeah, we're back on the line uh-huh. to hopefully snag an SNES classic when they go on sale. Basically, my gripe with Walmart was give us more information. Are you, are you still keeping me on the wish list so that when it is released, are you going to notify me or do I have to actually go and check now for this? Mm. Like, why couldn't they just hold our credit card info and stuff, or whatever, our order numbers and stuff, and then say, we're going to give you people who ordered it first chance, yeah, this, well, and then we'll release... I suppose they could do that. I guess they feel like, well, we didn't mean for it to go live, so in order to be fair for anyone else who may want one that didn't know within that half an hour... Uh-huh. Hit the reset button and give people a fair chance to buy it again. Or at the very least, say like they couldn't because Nintendo has rules and they couldn't do that. Right. Couldn't well, they say like, well, here's a 10% coupon for your troubles with these exclusions and stuff. A lot of like, times. Is, is it that hard? You know, I could find yeah. I would. That would get me in there just to like, you know, buy a box of cereal or something. You know. I guess they want to be apologetic. It's a like multi-billion dollar company. They couldn't... They know they're letting a lot of people down. So yeah, they could have sweetened it a little bit. Maybe they got so many orders that it really would have cost them something to give out some kind of discount. I mean, they should just take it anyway because it was their mistake. Uh-huh. But nonetheless, I feel like they're just going to get more orders than they can handle anyway. Mm-hmm. In the end, they're going to sell out of their allotment, whether it's the same people that end up ordering or not. Mm-hmm. So to them... They're going to sell as many as they get anyway. Yeah. And how much are they really making on these things? As oh, far probably as, nothing. As far as Walmart goes? Nintendo Direct stuff you make no money on. So are they that invested in making sure that you come back for their future business? I think that's just a generic corporate good PR type of thing to say. Mm-hmm. But I guess people come away unsatisfied with that response anyway. There's a lot of things they could have done. Mm-hmm. They said free shipping on your next order. Right. I've noticed they've been doing that a lot lately, actually. With what, Jet.com or... Walmart themselves, they've been kind of undercutting some of the Amazon offers on really? pre-orders for upcoming games. Uh-huh. They're offering a better discount than 
what the prime discount is on new video games. Like if the game should have been twenty five, they might be offering it for like twenty three fifty or something, and then also with free shipping. Yeah. So I think they're trying to get their foot in the door in terms of the video game discount mm-hmm. club that some other retailers are offering, like like Amazon and Best Buy. Right. But without any kind of membership fee, even huh. just putting it yeah. out there, saying you know, like you know, get it from us instead. Yeah. Well, they want to take on Amazon. That's why they bought Jet.com. Mm-hmm. Like they think that they can give them a run for the money. I don't see it happening, but right. you know, Walmart doesn't have really a good brand behind them, behind their name. They're still a giant retailer. I think they're looking at their you like know. twenty-year outlook, and they're yeah. like, Amazon's pretty big. They're taking a big chunk of our pie out. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't see why not. They should try. Mm-hmm. They've also got the third-party resellers on their site too. Yeah, and, and that I hate that because anything you search for automatically defaults to everything, mm-hmm. and then it, sometimes they make it pretty difficult to take out the Walmart. Well, every time you change something in the filter, it resets it back resets to everyone. Back, yeah, and it gives you like sort of irregular results. Yeah, it's annoying because their prices are crazy too. And you look at it, and you're like, that price doesn't look right. And then you click into it, and then you're like, oh, well, it's not the Walmart price. That's why. Mm-hmm. Their site could use a makeover, definitely. Definitely. Uh huh. Clean uh, coat of paint. <laughs> yeah, for sure. If nothing else. <laughs> but so I guess we'll have to look out at like Best Buy and Target. And- yeah, the usual. It's, it's all Nintendo's fault. You know, if they just make enough of these, people won't go crazy for them. It'll be easy to get. Mm-hmm. There's no excuse for not making these available. I mean... I really think they should just make them available directly on Nintendo.com. Yeah, just sell them on there. Like, they, they have a shop. The, right, they, they have an outlet to sell these things. Get them out to all the other stores, too. But mm-hmm. at the same time... Keep taking orders on well, your own site and make sure you make enough units to the, fulfill them all. The problem was, I think they said... It uses up resources at, like, Foxconn or whatever. So, like, they only have a month to make a certain amount of these, and that's their excuse anyway. So they might say, hey, if we make these for a month, then we can't make switches at the same time, you know? I don't think it's because the same. Because Foxconn can't do both for us. I don't think it's the same assembly line, but... I know. I'm just, like, sort of trying to make it easy to understand. But I guess that's like... how it works with a limited production item. Uh-huh. You pick a number. You think it's going to match the demand. Well, some of the Amiibos, too, the first run. yeah. And they don't want to get stuck with excess inventory. Which to, to they, put in another order is going to take another 6 to 12 months you right. know, for them to go through. Right. Or they're going to have to make another, whatever, 500,000 minimum. Yeah, right. Or something. Uh-huh. They've been in this game a while. They know what, right. what to do. There's no, still no excuses. <laughs> I, the way Every I company's see it, figured this out. For some reason, they still struggle with it. I, the way I see it, I have maybe five chances to buy it. Target, Best Buy, Toys R Us, Walmart. Amazon. What yeah. else? Where else can you really? It's, buy it's one? unfortunate for the people that do honestly want it and not scalpers, and who don't sit in front of a computer all day, mm-hmm. you know, to do that and just want to like go into a store and say, "I want to buy this for my kids." You know, I love Nintendo growing up. Sure. And they can't. So that's really the unfortunate part because you know, even with the NESs, I see eBay listings and then there's like people with stacks of twelve NES classics. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like that's not really the right thing to do it really sours the whole i think it ruins the brand name too the nintendo brand name i don't know they're trying to create this sense of like why even bother exclusiveness you know they should have just released the emulator on the switch or you know whatever they want to call their virtual console thing and just focus on that you know they'll do that in time too. sell a super yeah exactly they're gonna still do that too Mm -hmm. sell a super nintendo themed joy con or something you know right sure have the people go crazy with that. a code for I'd the same twenty games that come with this? Yeah, yeah why not? What is um, it? Seventy nine yeah, or something? They're, they're not cheap. 
Uh huh. So you could definitely do that. Yeah. I don't know. It's a shame. Mm hmm. I think the design of this thing looks nice. I'm not crazy about that front flap, the fold out flap. I think they did a nice job. Yeah, the flap is pretty ugly. And I never liked the Super Nintendo design to begin with. Mm. I actually prefer the Super Famicom a lot. Yeah. And I'm always thinking, like, maybe I should get that one, but, you know, I want to sort of. As a completist, I want the, you know, official U.S. line. Right. But at the same time, I always liked the Famicom look. I think it looks better. Yeah. Well, that's what they used in Europe. Europe, That's true. Europe used Uh that same thing, and they also called it the Super Nintendo Entertainment System there as well. Okay. So... (laughs) Yeah, I could buy that version. So the UK version... It's not going to be PAL, is it? (laughs) uh, Well, no. With HDMI, it doesn't matter. All right, so I guess best of luck to us and best of luck to anyone else yeah, who wants to get hope, one. Hopefully if someone can 3D print one or third party make a clone that looks really similar. That's fine for me. I'm okay. There will be knockoffs, but some people still want the official I, one. I, those people can have it. That's fine. I don't, I don't mind. <laughs> okay. So, as always, facebook.com slash invites. Send us your thoughts and ideas for how to get a Super NES or... Anything else we might have talked about? And with that, I guess we'll see you next time.